0: It's a good show! We're Future Teens, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. It's Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting and Putting Put on questions to the songs, which we will randomly select. Here with the help of our friend, Synchronicity, now it's time for Radio April, give us a shake, time for Radio April, give us a shake.
1: Welcome back to Radio Eight Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here at Starburns Industries, with our musical guest, Coda Corvette.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, Coda. And now joining us on the line from a town that I just left, just a couple days ago, Boston, Massachusetts. We are joined by Kate Ranka. Welcome to Radio Eight Ball, Kate.
3: Hi, thank you for having me too.
1: Yeah, so uh, what are you doing in Boston?
3: Um, I am still technically living here, but I'm wrapping that up and actually uh, getting Randy to move to LA within the next week.
1: Really? Move into Los Angeles? Where, now, do you live in Boston proper now, or are you uh, on the outskirts somewhere?
3: On the outskirts, um, yeah, so I live in a little suburb outside of the city of Boston called Jamaica Plain.
1: Oh, I um, love me some JP.
3: It's really cute. It's basically like six Whole Foods, and that's it, so <laughs> um, it's a good place to be. <laughs> Jeff love, Bezos
1: loves Jamaica Plain, okay.
3: Jeff Bezos loves Jamaica Plain, yes.
1: <laughs> so, and uh, and I, I see from my notes that you are a graduate of the Berklee College of Music, I assume yes. as a musician?
3: Yes. Yeah, so that's what brought me to Boston um, about three and a half years ago. Um, but I I went to her to study voice, and then I got my degree, in music business and management.
1: And that's what you're moving to LA to do to work in music management. Yes. Cool. Do you have any? Are there any clients you're you know that we should you know that you're excited to talk about? We should <laughs> you know you want yes. to yeah yeah.
3: I would say uh, what I'm actually moving to do is uh, work for Scooter Braun. So, uh, if you're familiar with anyone on his roster, then you might know a few names.
1: That's a uh, now j- just so for the people who are not hipped to Scooter Braun, which really until I until I got to know until our producer Andrew came onto the show, I was woefully ignorant of of the no. the, the huge reach. <laughs> A scooter prawn but want yes. don't do some name dropping here for, Do some
3: name dropping yeah um yes yeah, so scooter um kind of under the whole umbrella um are you know names like ariana grande justin bieber kanye um tori kelly dan and shay uh some newer artists like social house and the spencer lee band um but yeah and then he has some other projects like uh, the Beat Buds, and he's investing, uh, you know, in Rumble and big projects like that. So um, if you check out any of his social media or his Instagram, especially, um, you can kind of get a feel for the new acts and um, all the different projects that he has his hands in.
1: So it's uh, so it's just a, it's a little outfit with a bunch of unknowns. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, of course. <laughs> I don't think you know. I well, all I'm gonna say is I don't think that. They're crying about me not knowing about Scooter Braun <laughs> before Andrew. But now, you know. now, now I know. Now I know. <laughs> it's a great. You know, this is this it's is. Part of the club. Yeah, this is. Uh, it's always everything. Every, every radio eight ball is a learning experience for me. Every musician <laughs> brings a whole universe of connections, and Definitely. the the music world as it is now, is so. Like people complain a lot. I, I have a lot of musicians on the show, and a lot of musicians like to complain about uh, how about the music business now. And what I like mm-hmm. to tell them is, you know what? that's the same thing that's the way it's always been in the music business musicians are always <laughs> complaining about the music music business now you're and right, you're right. what I but one of the things that I love about it and there are there's a lot that you know there's a lot to be missed about the ways things used to be but I what I do love is just how there can be an act you've never heard of and you'll go uh-huh. see and they'll fill up a you know they'll fill up a stadium they'll have 10,000 people coming to see them and you're like how uh-huh. does how is someone known by 10,000 people in this city, and I've never heard of them? and it's because that's the music business now is that there are yeah, there are some of the names you you named are obviously sort of world dominating household uh, names household names mm-hmm. and at the same time it's the it, there's the possibility that you I could say, oh yeah, you know. The Fuzz Brothers, I love the Fuzz. You know, you ever <laughs> heard of the Fuzz Brothers? And, and you've never heard of them, but they're filling up state. They're filling up. You know, they're on tour and they're huge yeah. in their community. And I love that about them. Like that, I mean, I think it gives me it gives me great hope that you know anything is possible for anyone who is able to make something that connects with whoever it is out there, and it connects with. You know, yeah,
3: absolutely. I, I think technology has had the biggest effect on that because, um, you know, that allows, you know, a fan in, you know, a town in Michigan to find a band like a blues band in LA that he never would have heard of otherwise. Um, So you can, you can find your own niche, you know, using the internet now. It's pretty great. Yeah. And
1: just uh, before we get to your question, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: what about, you know, I know that you are, you're working, your and, Music business and management, but you, mm-hmm. you're also an artist. What inspires you as an artist?
3: Um, it's it's really all about the music. Um, so I grew personally. I grew up doing you know musical theater and opera. Um, so uh, when it comes to The music that, I guess, speaks to me, you know, emotionally and and stuff like that, Um, you know, just really, really well-constructed written music um, that invokes emotion or invokes a thought or a feeling. Um, That is what really just automatically speaks to me.
1: Was there one particular touchstone artist that made you go from being a listener to someone who wanted to participate?
3: I think it was kind of a genre, actually. Musical theater, I would say, was, was that genre. Um, both my parents were musicians, so uh, I kind of grew up already with that inclination. But um, I started doing musical theater at such a young age that that, you know, got me into lessons and got me on stage. And I was kind of bit with the bug really, really young.
1: Is there some favorite production you had?
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Les Mis. I knew every word to Les Mis by the time I was seven.
1: <laughs> and have you had a chance to act in, to act and sing in Les Mis?
3: Yeah, I was actually in a production of it. Um, probably when I was like twelve or thirteen, I was in the ensemble. But um, still, a awesome experience. I love that show. So
1: very, very cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's dig into this pop oracle format. What is your question for the pop oracle of Coda's my, music?
3: yes, my pop oracle question is: I want to write a book. What should I name it? Let's see what the pop oracle says. Whew. So,
1: come on, let me do something here. I'll be with we're gonna do this in just one second. I need to set something up with our props.
2: We got tarot cards.
1: Okay. (laughs) Cool. So the question is: what should you name your book? Yeah. And we have exhausted the Wheel of Eight. We have Done five musical divinations We are now switching to the Radio 8 cards There are three cards left And now, to engage the Pop Oracle On your behalf Coda Is going to Am
2: I going to pick a card?
1: Pick a card
2: Oh, okay, alright
1: Any card Pick a card Any card Pick a card any card. One song number one.
3: Song number one.
1: The hate that you give.
3: Yeah, a, that sounds like a self-help book ready to be written.
0: I wonder if there's other fish in the sea anymore, cause this ship is sinking down to the floor, move over rows cause there's room on the door, but you're so cold I'll see you at the shore, I can't love you like I did before, I cannot do it, I cannot do it. I'm so fed up and I'm bleeding. Didn't know that I was bleeding. Didn't notice I just stabbed me in the back. I didn't say it. I wish just numb from the hate that you give. The hate that you give. The hate that you give. But I take what you give. you give. Cause I don't know what's on the greenest side of the grass Sunshine and blue skies and love built to last Calling me I must run very fast But I hope to guide you, don't hurt the fans Telling me I lost all common sense I over matter Can you imagine How it feels to be this unhappy I cry myself to sleep at night And I can barely breathe Or fight the better part of me I was just dumb From the the hate that you give The hate that you give The hate that you give But I'll take what you give not take it, can't take it, woo! As you stabbed me in the back, I didn't say it. I wish I snumbed from the hate that you give the hate that you give But I'll take what you give the hate that you give I can't take what you give can't take what you give The hate that you give The hate that you give
1: And that was The Hate That You Give from Coda Corvette. The answer to Kate's question, what... Should she name her book? Before we get into interpreting that, Coda, tell us a little bit about that song, which I I would say, no no, uh, offense to any of the other titles, that's definitely the most compelling title in your collection. I think it's like you look at it and you're like, oh, wow, the hate that you give, that's a a real eye-grabbing title. So already there, there's something. But tell us a little bit about that song and where does it come from?
2: Yeah, well, actually, as I told you, how, like, I don't really have any um, experience in love or anything like that to back up my songwriting. Um, I basically just kind of listen to other people tell me about their relationships, and I listen to other people tell me about, you know, their problems or, you know, whatever I see in movies or whatever I learn about love from just the world around me. Um, and whatever I learned about life from the world around me, I've just put into my own songs. So this was actually um, based on a real-life experience of a friend, um, something that him and his girlfriend was going through, and uh, she was just being really terrible to him. She was, like, really cruel. Um, and How,
1: you, Without giving, divulging who the people I'm, are. I'm not
2: going to say any no, names. But can, you,
1: but can you tell, like, what was the nature of the cruelty?
2: Oh, um uh, like verbal abuse, verbal abuse. And, and basically, he just, like, his confidence was taken down all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it completely changed him as a person. Um, yeah, so, she, like, luckily, he got out of that relationship. Um, but while I was writing this, I kind of thought to the experience that, uh, that they must be having and mm-hmm. what the kind of uh, emotional trauma that she's caused him and the fact that he doesn't he now has trust issues because of that. Right. Yeah.
1: And and the song is from the point of view of the of the guy, the friend, your friend.
2: Yeah, the guy or I actually didn't put any yeah, genders no, no, in it. Yeah, no, but in this
1: story, the, yeah. it's the one who was being yes. who's on the receiving end. The
2: one who's on the receiving end. And of, I made sure not to put any genders in there or anything yeah. like that because I wanted it to be kind of like universal. Neutral, universal. Yeah. I want all my songs to be universal and to um, kind of spread to different stories around the world.
1: Cool. Well, Kate, what did you, did you find any inspiration for the title? Well, first of all, tell us, what is the, what is the book? What do you want to write? What are you writing about?
3: (laughs) Um, I have, I have a few different ideas. I mean, but I mean, if, if I were to use that song for a title, the hate you give, I don't know. I feel like that could go a couple of different ways. That could be like, um, I don't know. I almost, I almost, hmm, I'm like, yeah. Okay. So yes, I'm getting inspiration. Yes is the answer to your question. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You're
3: kind of, you're kind of hearing like the wheels turning. That's great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I've always kind of wanted to write like a memoir esque type of book. Um, I feel like I should wait maybe 30 or 40 years to write it, but, um, I don't know the hate you give. I feel like I have a few ideas for that, but I'm not going to give all of my ideas away just yet. (laughs)
1: Well, uh, well, I have a couple of ideas that come out of that. First of all, um, you don't necessarily need to wait till you're You know, to your an old geezer like me to write your (laughs) memoir, you I was I was just we just did a show and this is something you might want to check out. In fact, uh, I mean listeners to this will know this because we we did this show, but when I was in Boston, we taped uh, an episode with a really wonderful band called Future Teens, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of their guests was a woman who right now I'm sorry I'm spacing her name because I haven't. uh, They've just taped like six episodes in the last ten days, but she has a a podcast called Dear Young Rocker, and it's based upon her memoir of being a, a teenager with um, anxiety issues and body issues who found, so, found solace and, uh, I don't know, a way towards her own health in every respect uh, in playing loud rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. And so when you say that you, you might have to wait a long time, there's a I've been listening to her podcast and it's fantastic. I highly recommend it to people. And that's comes from a memoir of someone who, that she, I mean, she wrote it when she was in her early 20s and it's become this podcast. It's very popular and really very inspirational. So uh, so you don't have to be you don't have to you don't have to have lived a full life to have a life to be able to tell. And by a full life, I mean towards the end of it. Like some of us are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. But I was also thinking, because I I wrote a book that uh, I, in about, about, I guess, six years ago, that was uh, published by a small publishing company called, uh, the book was called Accidental Initiations. And... I'm not saying that this is the way to go about it, but there was definitely a way that, I don't want to say that it was the hate that I gave to the book, but there were a lot of areas of my life that seemed, they were unresolved and seemed disconnected. And in writing the book and being able to put my, to, you know, lean into my dissatisfaction and pour it into the book and make sense of it, uh, it was a very powerful thing for me. So, I mean, hate is a... In general, I would say most people would probably say hate is a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. But in art... I don't believe that there is such a thing as a negative emotion. If you're jealous, put it into a song. I don't want to put it in my relationship. Don't put it into my inbox, but put it into your song. If you have hate, if you have anger, if you have like the most negative thing that you can have, if you can pour it into your art, it can be transformed and it can end up being... uh, like a, a like reaching out in solidarity to someone else who might be feeling that that same thing,
3: you know. Yeah, not, and it's therapeutic.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not suggesting you write Mein Kampf or anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
3: sorry.
1: <laughs> but but I mean, if you've got it in you, that you got you got to write what's in you. So. <laughs> uh i'm curious are there when you think of that when you think of engaging the part of your like where there is hate in your life whether it's you feel like it's been directed at you or whether it's something that you feel that passionately strongly against is that something that might be fodder for writing for you
3: it would be interesting to use it as a prompt i mean I, you know while you were kind of talking about um I guess talking about all of that, uh, the first thing that came to mind was was writing about politics um, because there is so much hate in politics between right, yeah. between parties and between ideals and, and trying to sort through all of that um, would be, I guess, really interesting to write from, you know, a, a liberal perspective versus a conservative perspective. And um, I get, you know, there just seems to be a lot of hate there. So trying to, you know, make sense of all of that might mm-hmm. be interesting mm-hmm. i
2: don't know mm-hmm. and i like how with the concept of this song you can kind of relate it to multiple different things like you can relate it to um you know you like a domestic abuse you can relate it to bullying uh racial discrimination so many different like world issues and and issues of um our generation that it could connect to
1: I mean, in a, if you didn't Definitely. know the title and you just heard the first line of the song, you'd think it was an environmentalist song. <laughs> I wonder if there's other fish in the sea anymore, <laughs> right? It's about the, you know, because the, the oceans are...
2: I was trying to use some puns on this, trail. but like in a very smooth way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so does that any of that inspire you, Kate?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hop off the call and go write my book. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> so, um... What were some of the ideas that you had before coming to this, as far as what you want to write about?
3: As far as what I want to write about? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've i never really been one to, um, I don't know, write, you know, stories or come up with anything fictional. Um, but I think, again, like something like a, like a memoir-styled book, or um, I am really passionate about politics, so writing about politics or writing about the music industry—I I definitely love writing about real, real things, real people, real concepts.
1: Is there any one particular issue that feel that you feel like really motivates you?
3: Um, oh, probably. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I would actually probably say uh, racial discrimination. Mm-hmm. I could write like six books on that probably yeah.
1: <laughs> go for it. We need it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, most of it would be, uh, you know, probably quotes from, uh, influential. I, I mean, cause I, so I'm, I am white. Um, but I would, you know, absolutely have to make sure that, uh, you know, if anything, the majority of that are, are quotes from, you know, people of color who have been influential in my life and have been influential in the way that I view racial discrimination. Um, because their, their experiences are what is valid. So yeah. um, if anything, that's that would be the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wheels are turning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: and do, uh, I'm going to let you go, but I'm, I'm curious about this. Do you, do you, when you, do you have any, like, what was your, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: When did you become, do you remember when you became aware of racial discrimination? I mean, as a as a white person like yeah. my, like myself you probably you know there was a point where it was invisible to you and then it became visible was there something that initiated that awareness for you
3: yeah i mean i i have a couple of moments that i can probably pick out of uh you know, when I became aware of race and what it was. Um, but I would have to say, um, there was a class that I took at Berkeley, um, called the, uh, the African diaspora. Um, and you know, up until then I had, I had been, you know, trying to educate my, myself. Um, but my professor there, Larry Watson really educated me, um, on, you know, the magnitude of the situation, um, and, and just, kind of open my eyes to the way that, you know, people of color, um, and minorities in general are affected by so many things that I just would never have thought of or would never have known about, um, if I didn't, you know, seek out that information or seek out those experiences from people of color. I was, I would just have no idea, um, as, as a white person, um, so I'd have to say, if I could, if I could like pinpoint a moment where it really, really became impactful on me, it was that class that I took at Berkeley. Absolutely.
1: And you know, I there was something I asked earlier, and there was a term I learned on the show I taped yesterday, and I asked about it on to, as my question to start off the show. And I'm just curious, are you familiar with this term, virtue signaling? No, I'm not. Okay, well, I just learned it. It's basically, it's basically people who talk about, you know, basically uh, the ideas that they put out like that, that. I Oh, I have, in the case of racial injustice, like I really care about, about uh, ending racial injustice. Yeah. But then it's mostly to make themselves look good and not necessarily mm. to actually have an effect. And right. my question to start off the show is how can you tell when you're— like the difference between virtue signaling and actually being a vocal advocate.
3: Uh-huh. And
1: uh and I, again I don't necessarily it's one of those things that I'm go, I'm going around asking everyone anytime uh-huh. a conversation that, like this comes up I'm like have you heard of this term how how are you integrating that into the way that you are a social activist because uh-huh. I don't like it was a friend who said it, and I think—and you know, it was sort of—it was friendly, but I think he was also kind of referring to me a little bit. Like, I don't want to—like, I don't want to come in here and just virtue signal all over the place, like oh, wow. Ross was doing. He <laughs> didn't say that. But I kind of get—I just figured—maybe I just took it a little bit like, am I doing that? Is that what I'm doing? Anyway, mm-hmm. it's just one of those areas where when you start to—when someone gives you a new concept, like you're saying, when someone you're—there's something you don't know, and then someone gives you a new mm-hmm. concept— how like how do you, you
3: digest that?
1: yeah, how do you digest that? and it's mm-hmm. I feel like every day I'm getting a new like right now, every day I'm getting a new something to mm-hmm. try and integrate into how I move in the world, so
3: yeah it's it's just it's an ever evolving perspective,
1: yeah, well, now we all know virtue signaling
3: virtue signaling, <laughs> look out for it <laughs>
1: in yourself and others. <laughs> yeah i'm mostly looking forward in myself i mean i don't, i don't know how to judge for i mean what we came up with was the best thing is to do is trust your instinct and see over time how things play out like if someone just talks a good game and then never shows up you know it's yeah. the
3: oldest it's the oldest one in the book actions speak louder than words yes that's exactly what i said
1: yeah yeah excellent yeah. speaking of which get to writing that book you could be talking about it enough we want to read this we read the book. here i go here i go Well, yeah, racial injustice isn't going to solve itself, Kate.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'll go right back. You're right. right.
1: I'm putting a lot on you. I'm sorry. We're all (laughs) doing our part. We're all doing our part. Well, um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Good luck in your L.A. adventure.
3: Thank you so much. Hopefully I'll see you guys out there soon. Yeah, you're going
1: to have to come down and uh, join us at Starburns for uh, another musical divination in the future.
3: <laughs> awesome. Sounds good.
1: Yeah, get one of those one of those, uh, no-name clients over at Scooter Braun to come down and be a guest.
3: <laughs> I'll just bring them over. And yeah. We'll filter it. A blast. Oh, was-
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball.